Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 732. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the FOMO market. Is it time that the market's looking a little frothy? Might we have a pullback? I don't wanna get into market timing, but I do want to show you some indicators that you can look at that give you a little pause for caution. And here's what I mean. Sometimes things can look frothy. Markets can get a little overextended. They can get a little bit ahead of themselves and it's time for a pullback. And sometimes when it's so crazy out there that people are so euphoric, so excited, and going crazy, that not only is the anecdotal evidence all over the place, that's the evidence where you observe what people say and how they act, but also there's lots of charts that are telling us that things are a bit frothy. And by that, I mean things like the ratio of puts to calls. Those are people that are buying investments that are betting that the market's going to go down or the market's going to go up. And when everybody's all on that side of the boat that they're betting the market's going to go up higher, well, we know what happens. And right now we're about at 90% of people expecting the market to go higher. And that includes some of the so-called smart money. That's the hedge funds that have been short this market all the way down and they stayed short. They never got our buy signal at the bottom and got back in and bought. So they've been short the whole time and have missed this 40% rebound. Now, when did they decide to go in? You guessed it, last Friday. They decided to capitulate, sell all their shorts, quit betting that the market would go down and turn around and buy stocks leverage and buy calls go all in on the market going higher. Well, that might've been a great trade for Friday and it might even follow through till Monday, who knows? But here's what I do know, that when everybody thinks the market is going to go higher and when people think it's easy and this is a piece of cake and they're bragging and they're calling themselves I won't mention his name, but someone on television saying he's an incredible, the best, most amazing day trader ever. (laughs) When people lose their minds and go to this place of silliness almost. And if you remember, I played you that incredible conversation of the person that went literally crazy over Bitcoin right at the peak. That is a classic of the frothy euphoria that people feel when it's close to a peak. Now, that peak in Bitcoin was an all-time high peak so far. I'm not saying that this is that kind of a peak because I'm really not expecting that right here. 
But what I am expecting is that in this bull market, we are going to have some places where we pause. And this looks to me like a very likely place where we might just have such a pause, a pullback. It could be sharp, it could be scary, it should be, because bull markets need to climb a wall of worry. That means you need to be scared that the market's going to go lower when you're investing. Remember, we were buying at that maximum point of pessimism. That was the point where everybody thought the market was going to continue to go lower, but we knew better and that's when we bought. When they were all on that side of the boat, we went in and bought. So now everybody's over on the other side of the boat and we're expecting some kind of a pullback. Now, I already mentioned the put call ratio but I didn't tell you that it's the most extreme 1% of days that it's been in the last 20 years. That's how extreme it is. And there's other indicators that are worrying me a bit too. It looks like we could very easily have a spike in interest rates in the 10-year yields. They've started to move higher. It looks like we might get a spike. Maybe there's a big seller of treasuries out there. And we also saw money market funds have the largest outflow since May of 2002. That means all those people that were parked in cash and were missing out on the bull market, again, didn't buy in our buy signal at the low, they finally capitulated and bought. And that was the biggest amount of money to come out of money market funds, like I said, since May of 2002, 18 years. Now, just because I'm sharing with you some of my more fun indicators, it doesn't mean these are the only indicators I use. I got criticized last week because of my good call on selling gold. Apparently, some bulls on gold are quite upset that I'm not bullish on gold right now. I am neither a perma bear or a perma bull. I'm an investor at the right time when I see investments moving in the right direction. And right now, as I said, I see deflation coming back in. One person criticized me because I didn't project that gold can only go up because of all the Fed money printing. Well, yes, it's true that the Fed has printed a whole lot of money. But also, when you take the money supply and divide it by the GDP, that gives you the velocity of money. And the velocity of money is declining. What do I mean by that? That means people are not spending money and there's a shortage of dollars. This portends deflation. Deflation is what happened when the stock market went down. It doesn't mean that your rent's not going up or that prices in the grocery store aren't going up because the dollar is going to affect those things. And lately we have had a weaker dollar. In fact, no one's talking really about how much the dollar has been sliding. And since we import a lot of our food, of course, food at the grocery store looks more expensive. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the velocity of money and how it's not moving around. And that is causing deflation. Ultimately, the Fed's probably going to have to step in again and do another round of stimulus. So while I have over 28 indicators that I look at on a regular basis, 
I'm so nerdy at this that I'm constantly doing different research and studies and getting rid of things that aren't accurate and keeping the things that are accurate that over the last couple decades, I've gotten some really reliable indicators. As I've said, we're still in fantasy land. That means the market can go higher and I fully anticipate we're going to see all time highs before we see a bigger debt and currency problem later in the fall. So we're definitely not out of the woods. We're definitely not making a V-shape recovery and we're definitely not back to where we were before COVID-19. Where we are is in fantasy land. We're in that detached place from the numbers. We've detached from corporate profits, from the reality of revenues and earnings and forecasts and all of that. There aren't a whole lot of realistic numbers. And honestly, if we did adjust to reality, the market would be about 75% lower than where it is today. But that doesn't make any sense to do that. So rather than sell off what we know are valuable companies, what we know are going to be reliable income streams and real dividends, we're not going to sell off the market. We're going to give it some time for people to open up their states again, for people to get back to work, and then to have a more realistic picture of what's really going on. And when we get that realistic picture, that's when we're going to have our day of reckoning. But right now, we're in fantasy land. We're in fantasy land with some pullbacks. And to me, it looks like we're due for one of those pullbacks pretty close here. There will be a couple of buying opportunities along the way as we go to all-time highs, but there will come a point when it's time to stand aside so stepping aside is something that's going to be very important during this market cycle because it is going to play out over a couple of years. This isn't going to work out in just a couple of months. Just tonight, I was at a restaurant and it was nice to see some people back in the restaurant, but talking to the owner and hearing their story, it's going to take them a long time to make back their lost revenues. And this particular person had come from the hotel business and was telling us just how terrible the hotel business is. And that could take a long time to work its way out of as well. So there are certain things that are going to take longer than others. And there are some things that are going to snap back better. But just because the market's going up doesn't mean everything's back to normal and we're in the all clear. We are in a time that is separating itself from the reality of the numbers because the numbers are temporary. They're not permanent. And we are waiting to find out a more realistic number. So we're going to survive in fantasy land here for a while. So my recommendation is don't get overconfident. Don't get over leveraged. Don't get over aggressive. Don't take too much risk. Stay diversified. We'll look for good opportunities, we'll buy on the dips, and we will enjoy this rebound in the stock market as we have a couple of pullbacks along the way on our way to all-time highs. So this week we have a Federal Reserve meeting on Wednesday. We look forward to hearing what they have to say. 
We'll keep an eye on those interest rates and treasuries. So if you haven't invested yet and you have fear of missing out, don't worry. There's buying opportunities that will be coming along the way. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available three times a week so you never miss one of them. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.